Welcome to Profit's Healthcare Transformers podcast, where we'll be talking to leaders in healthcare who are focused on transforming their organizations to drive the next level of growth for their business and for healthcare. Hosted by Priya Anasia, Lindsay Mosby, Paul Schrimpf, and Jeff Gorgi. Transformation is one of those terms that has a lot of layers to it. Sometimes it's about innovation. Sometimes it's about shifting the way you do business. Sometimes it's to your overall operating model. And other times it's to a specific department or function. It's also about people, helping them navigate the discomfort that comes with change, but also motivating them to engage in the journey of transformation from the CEO to the newest employee. It's a journey, and that's why we created this podcast, to break down this multidimensional, dynamic topic of transformation, one story at a time. Are you ready to dive in? Hello, I'm Jeff Gorgie, your host for today's episode. I am here with Tony Ambrosi, the Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Information Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. Tony, welcome. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you. So... Tony, I want to start with your bio and your own LinkedIn description here. You are a data and digital evangelist. Who are you evangelizing to? No, absolutely. So I joined healthcare in truth about, what, 20 months ago? You know, coming from consumer or very consumer-oriented company, obviously, and bringing in that consumer focus into the space. And so, you know, obviously, while learning healthcare, because I don't know, know, I didn't know healthcare, bringing that that view, and you know, as I build that vision that we use, you know, we're implementing here at Baptist, I wanted to make sure that I communicate that to others who may be in that same spot, maybe, or looking to do things, you know, because I do get questions: How do you do that? Or what do you do? Uh, what's your plan? You know, frankly, there is also a, you know, evangelizing back into into the organization, my organization, saying, hey, you see, I was on a panel with three others like me, and we're always all saying basically the same thing. So it's kind of like an interesting reinforcement, but I did come to healthcare because I wanted to help make things better for patients whom increasingly, as with age, I think I may be one uh, in the years to come. So maybe a little bit of self-interest. <laughs> I want the experiences for them that I want for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a good lens we all should put on it. So for our listeners' benefit, Tony came from a small organization that some of them may have heard of called Walt Disney Company. So it's a really particularly interesting switch you made from the world of entertainment and retail and all the kind of industries that Disney is in into healthcare, which is why it's, it's so interesting. And I'm so glad to be having this conversation. What was the Baptist health agenda that led to hiring you? First of all, was it, were you the first, a lot of people we speak with, they're the first uh, person to hold the role chief digital officer. Were you the first? Absolutely. This I'm a inaugural, and I think it was elevating the more traditional CIO role into a chief digital, therefore the focus on digital and, and information and technology. But yes, I'm the first one. I think the story is, not the story, but what happened was the Baptist board and the CEO, very visionary, Brian uh, Keeley, about three years plus, they decided that things like digital and digital transformation is something that over time in the future will be very, very important. And then, you know, there was a realization that even compared to others, we were not where we wanted to be. Therefore, they, they decided on the 
digital being very important. Digital and data. And we can talk about why they're kind of together. They really wanted a structure and a leader to drive that digital transformation. And I guess they found that the required talent uh, pool wasn't insufficient or sufficient in healthcare. Therefore, with the focus on on the consumer side, it felt the right place to look inside the consumer-obsessed companies, such as Disney, for that type of talent. Now, that's I would say with a in a somewhat insular industry like healthcare, mm-hmm. Baptist was very very gutsy in that mood. So, more kudos to them. So, you know, this is the interesting thing about my role is yes, it is both chief digital and chief information officer. In, and while that information part, the CIO part, the cure technology is very important. It's a traditional role. When I say traditional, is all the good things that you expect in a modern CIO. So yes, we're doing cloud. Yes, we're doing a lot of development. Uh, yes, absolutely security. But my fundamental focus is on the digital activities, driving that digital transformation. It's about consumers and, you know, through them, obviously, transforming transforming the business. So it's funny because, you know, over all these years, I accumulated all this technical experience and expertise. But really, this role is a lead, you know, business leader doing digital and, and consumer and consumer experiences. So you've been there almost two years, correct? 21 months, to be precise. What did you find when you got there? And obviously... I assume you knew there was a need and the organization knew there was a need, but I'm curious too about the surprises you found beyond what you had been led to expect. I don't know necessarily there was, uh, there were many surprises because I've been, you know, going back to my career a little bit, most of my assignments, both of Disney and Amex before were about transformation and, you know, the digital with technology. So it wasn't necessarily easy as she goes, as they say. It was about transformation. But even at Disney, at some point, that transformation, this is Disney Parks, we went into a more steady state. So at, at some time, in, even before this opportunity came around, I started looking and saying, where else can I do something interesting? Where else can I help? So I've been keeping an eye. And of, of course, the answer was uh, healthcare. Because, you know, all this old technology that everybody has equally... And the, you know, a relatively poor digital experiences that we all experience as patients. So it was uh, somewhat uh, obvious to me that, yeah, maybe I, that's where I can help. One of the things in, you know, joining a new organization, and I, I imagine more so when you're in a first time, you know, inaugural kind of person in, in role is the importance of, you know, finding some low hanging fruit and getting some quick wins under your belt and achieving momentum. Is that how you approached it? And if so, I'm curious to say, you know, 21 months later, what were some of the low hanging fruit that you've been able to, you know, kind of quickly put points on the board or maybe not so quick, but made progress toward putting points on the board? No, absolutely. That's a normal way to approach something new. You actually, you start with figuring out as much as possible, understanding as much as possible, both about what it is, what technology, what the talent is, what the processes are and, and the business per se. This has been from the beginning a quite of a strategic uh, role, mm-hmm. right? This is a, and we're talking about a, you know, I developed the strategy, I developed the vision first and then the strategy. So very strategic and long term, but life is different. I think all of us came, or when I came, you know, with, with the, 
the rest of the executive committee, everybody said, okay, like, why don't you take three, four, five months to let's figure this out and we can talk about it. But in these, as in all those situations, life situations, there were other emergencies that had to be dealt with in, in terms of, obviously we were doing the pandemic, you know, this implements, uh, you know, system implementation or that other problem, you know, raising up the, the stakes in, in security. So there was a lot of very tactical, very soon. That's to be expected. In terms of, so as I said, I, I started with, here's what my vision is for digital and digital transformation in Baptist and implicitly in healthcare. That's how I started. And then we talked about it. And it was a the first 18 months and then post 18 months. We did start with getting in, you know, being able for consumers to be able to book appointments, view appointments. Now they can see their medical records and, and history. And that's what I, I kind of consider to be a, let's say, the first generation of, of digital experiences where you kind of get the transactions and the information there. The next generation I, in my mind is where these things can be combined and be interesting and intelligent and smart about it. And that's where data can come in and make sense of things. I know this about this patient. I can see what they're doing. Can I interject some value add in there, even though they're not necessarily in a in one of our facilities? Yeah, we, we talk about the consumer data value exchange, right? Which is how do you communicate? If you give me this data, here's what you will get in return so that patients are willing to, to make that exchange. And we, we, can, we can dive into that maybe in a minute. You're a the Baptist Health South Florida has a, a pineapple in your uh, in your logo, and I've noted that you've uh, named the app the the Pine app. You're right, and I actually I didn't know a, a pineapple in the Middle Ages was a a symbol in Italy of welcoming. So people would put outside their you know for specific events outside their house, and you know a pineapple sign that basically says everybody is welcome, and that's definitely what a Baptist is about, welcoming people for help, for health, health, for care. And yeah, and indeed is we kind of uh, played on the on that name. I think it's uh, it's interesting and is more memorable than Baptist Health mobile app. It's great. I it, it certainly struck me. So you laid down the down the thread here, Tony, so I'll pick up on it and you know and share what you know what you're comfortable sharing. But so I, I just again what I able to see from the app to your point it was it was scheduling, it was finding a facility, find a location, make an appointment, access to medical records. What does the next three years look like for that? You mentioned kind of going from access to health and wellness. And will people do their, their virtual appointments on the app? Yeah, I still consider that to be the, the, the current generation. So there are still things that, you know, you can do virtual uh, health for urgent care. Yeah. But now we're, we're building for... How do you schedule the virtual visits and, and the natural evolution of sometimes, you know, in the process of the care, sometimes you go and see people in, you know, the, the, the physicians in person. Sometimes you, you, you do the telehealth and that's also coming in addition, as I said, to the telehealth for urgent care. So there are still things that we want to do. We introduce something that I think is going to be very impactful and the, the, the early feedback is, is great where I want to get to a point where you show up to a medical facility for some reason and you have to do very little and you have to show very little and you need to sign very little because 
the information is there, is in the app. I can, I can tell you're there through geofencing. So you're there. I know you're there. And I, I know all of the things about, about you as a patient, if you, ch- you, if you chose to, to, to provide them. So like the things like your driving license, your insurance, primary care physician, emergency contact, prefer pharmacy, all that stuff. I don't need to ask you again. So you come and show, and I want to be, get to the point where you say, I'm here. And I'm like, oh, great, Mr. You know, Mr. Gorgi, you're, you know, have a sit down. And that's the vision of how simple it has to be, especially that now you get that kind of experience with Disney and it's wonderful. But when you go to Disney, you're in a good spirits, in a good, you know, physical shape. Sometimes when you go to a hospital, that's not the case. So the last thing you want to do is, you know, shuffle papers. We've implemented something. It's uh, geofenced for urgent care centers which i think i call it four taps and you're in or something like that that's it for four taps in the app it's very very well received by by patients so those type of things as as much as possible now the next generation the next three years i don't know two three years is where i can use sensors the watch the information from the watch you know, compared to what i know it's in uh, the hr system so the, the medical history the recent events that I'm aware of, you were discharged. Can I get that, put that together in intelligent ways? You've laid out so many threads. I want to, I want to pull on here for a second. So and I want to come back to Disney in a second for sure um, and, and talk about that one. But so I think, so you spoke to, there's a first generation, which is not, hasn't been easy for healthcare in general, right? And you're still working on that. And then there's the next generation. And the question of, of data, how do you use data, right? And why should I, as a consumer... What, what value do I get out of giving you more data? And you started to, to pick up on that. Now, a lot of the conversations with our, with our clients is around, well, we can personalize what I'll call the non-clinical experience components. You prefer text messaging, we'll text you. If you prefer, you know, phone, we'll call you. Or even personalizing content. You go back to the website and it's dynamic and it learns and it starts to share more about, you know, the things you searched for last time. You're speaking to, Clinical personalization, when you talk about the, the watch, are you going down both paths? Are you more, is one more important than the other? The former, the things like, you know, communication preferences, and I, I don't even call them personalization if you want. Those are, uh, you know, table stakes, you know, uh, you have to have those. It's just a very basic, how do you communicate? How do you want to be, to be communicated? And then it kind of it gradually goes into more of a, you log into the app or the of the website, the messaging there is somewhat related to you. It's not some generic whatever happened in the industry today. Mm-hmm. It's related to your interests that I know of or your medical history. Whatever the recommendation of, of the day is, if I know something, maybe I can advise you in there. How do the clinicians in your system respond? I think that there's generally a acknowledgement that of a, of a need to digital to digitally transform and to create some of these better experiences, but also a sense with some physicians that you know they're they're still the hero and maybe in some corners threatened by some of the investment that's going in place versus where they like it to go. Providers are definitely heroes in part of the journey. You're in the consulting room or the operating room; they're the heroes, and they they have your utmost interests at heart in that moment. But I think there is an increase, also an increased recognition that that's just, you know, yes, that's the most important part of the journey, but it's not the entire journey. So 
if you get a, have a miserable experiences getting in, yeah. uh, even if you see a great doctor and then again, a miserable experience, and I'm not saying that that's, that's the case, but a lot of the places is you don't have any, any support. That's maybe the better way to describe it. You don't know how to get in, you know, you know, it's calls or maybe whatever it is. So it's so, so difficult that affects the entire experience. And if you see the doctor and then how do you get back to the doctor or how do you get your information? How do you follow through that conversation with the doctor? That's extremely important. And I think uh, folks understand. I, I don't think anybody who is also patient says, oh, you shouldn't be doing these things because they're, they're not important. The moment you see that getting in is is very important and being able to get in easily is important and having not having uh, difficulties getting in to see a doctor it's also important i think people are recognizing that i think part of the secret also is to get people on board is i'm a representative for the consumer through my job that's part of the i'm the one at that table you know the famous jeff bezos table where they, he had a, right. a an empty chair for the consumer well i'm kind of like taking care of that empty chair and saying but have you considered how this feels and how is being consumed, right? But in part of this transformation, you're doing things for the consumer, making it a lot easier for the consumer. And sometimes you have to ask the operations folks to make changes. And they do, because they do feel for the consumer, but they also have their 79,000 daily activities and, and constraints and so on and so forth. There is their way to match the two, marry the two when you do this digital introduction of digital tools. Tony, as you and I talked about, I wrote a book called Making the Healthcare Shift, the Transformation to Electricity. I read it over the weekend. There you go. Thank you for that. Neither my mother nor wife can make that claim. I even have. So, because, you know, <laughs> the, your book, it's a great book, by the way. And you, uh, and usually I read, when I read them on my devices, I take a lot of notes, you know, you highlight and so I can always go back and say, "Ah, uh-huh, over there, Jeff said." And by the way, I agree with with the, with the things you say there. But you know, sometimes you know you're you're putting it very in a great way. So like, "Aha, uh-huh, I'll uh, I'll remember that." One of those terms that actually I learned from from a colleague, Christine Brad Jones, was this idea of an insights operating system, right? And the analogy we use about really understanding the consumer. And when the analogy I I, I talk a lot about, and I, I think we wrote about, was the idea of you can't just have a quarterback being good at th- the insights department. The market research person is the quarterback. That doesn't give you a good passing offense, right? You need receivers to catch the ball. You need linemen. The point is you, you need to be really consumer centric. You can't just have some people go doing market research studies. You need a team of people that respect the Jeff Bezos chair and try to fill the chair as you did. Who are your allies? around that table, just functionally, right? Not, not people-wise. You're absolutely right. And, and especially when you do things that they haven't been done, at least in this industry. Because, you know, it's things, some of the things that we do in terms of that first generation, if you want, it's kind of very similar to getting a, a room in a hotel, right? You have to find it. You have to be able to book it. You have to be able to pay for it. You have to be able you know, to check in and check out. And so it's like, but still, you know, you're, there's still a, a discovery process. And you can't go and ask people what they want without seeing it. So that's why, you know, one of the things that I did, in addition to just rebuilding the technology team and the processes and all that stuff here, I built up with, the, you know, the folks around me, a product management 
group and and um, practice. And these are the, the the ones that kind of bring that together. These are the ones that we together have that vision that says this is what we think. So I'm going to go to the the softball question I've been waiting to ask, but I'm I'm just and even though I talked about it a little, bit, I can't wait to hear your answer. A lot of our a lot of innovation work, you know, we talk about how can you be the Amazon of healthcare, the Uber of healthcare, right, and uh, many other companies. But one of the comp- one of the ones we always say is, what would it mean to be the Disney of healthcare? What would it mean to create a Disney like experience in healthcare? What should the world of healthcare learn about the Disney experience that they should take and adapt? You're the person you want people to ask. You're the person I really want to ask this question to, <laughs> given your background. Absolutely. I think it's very interesting. I think companies like Disney and Apple and Amazon, they're singularly defined by one thing more than others. And I think, you know, clearly they do a lot of things well and they have imagination and creativity, but but fundamentally, the core is that maniacal focus. And I'm pretty sure, and that also applies to American Express, by the way. So I'm not sure if I, I, I learned this, this expression of maniacal focus on consumer, whether it was American Express or Disney, but applies to both and, and others like that. And that's also across the entire cons- customer or consumer or patient journey. It's not just this piece and then the rest is on your own. No, it's the whole thing, you know, how you, you know, pre-visit, we had it at Disney is all that pre-visit stuff. And from early on to, you know, you're at the airport here in, in Orlando and you're still at being pre-visit because you're not yet on the property and so on and so forth. It's always that entire thing and yeah. making sure that nothing is left to chance and then nothing is, is, is overlooked. But then that's, that's from there, everything flows from there. I should say, take care of the consumer as much as possible. Yes, sometimes that may seem like contradictory. And I think you're, you're talking about this in your book, contradictory to the business model. And then the question is, can I change my business to go with the flow, the consumer flow and still make money? And the answer is usually yes, but you have to want to do that. And, you know, of course, these companies are extremely good at, at all sorts of other things, vision and strategies, one, and then also the that you know uh, culture because that all comes from the culture for these companies you know walt was or steve jobs or steve or Jeff bezos they themselves have lived and embodied that and they passed that to their companies now so therefore a disney-esque experience for healthcare uh, would be one where i think the mechanics of interacting with the company are simple straightforward empowering, empowering and, and pleasing in, in, in which the, the inherent stress of the interactions is dissipating. And therefore, it's, there's very little between you as a customer and the, the service and, or the product you're consuming. One more question, Tony, mm-hmm. because we are so interested in, in evangelists or transformers and people that particularly people that have come into healthcare to, to drive change, to be change makers. What advice would you give for your your protégés at Disney who are considering making a similar move or, or anyone from any company that's considering making a move from outside of healthcare? What advice would you give them for, for going in and, and being successful? Patience. 
Patience and perseverance. <laughs> I think it's probably true. Absolutely. Patience and perseverance. Yeah. I, from the beginning, because I've done all these things, right? And, you know, there are others that, that I hired over this past year and a half who, from wherever they came, they kind of did this thing. And, you know, both of the product side, the vision side and creative. And I think we all, you know, expected that we could do maybe much more by now. We would have done much more by now. Yeah. But in retrospect, you look back is like, yeah, there is no way we could have imagined that this part is problematic and we kind of had to rebuild something that we didn't expect to. You know, right? It's like you're preparing for a race and you realize that the factory back home that's making the car needs to be rebuilt in order to make the car. Yeah. I think that's probably what, what I would say. And, and, you know, in terms of more tactical, but in strategic, you have to have to start with a vision and make sure that vision is crisp and clear and people understand it. Tony, this has been great. Tony Ambrosi, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening to Profits Healthcare Transformers podcast. This podcast is produced by Jared Johnson and his wonderful team at Shift Forward Health. And a big thank you to our hosts, Priya and Asia, Lindsay Mosby, Paul Schrimpf, and Jeff Gorgie. If you liked today's episode, you can find more great content like this at profit.com thinking. I'm Anna Kuno, the senior editor of this podcast. Thank you for listening.